Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with season eight, episode 45 of our weekly Q&A videos. Uh, you are hearing this a week later. We are hearing this like five minutes later. From the last and episode, so yeah. We finished the last episode. We were sort of doing our clicking around the sort of back end work of getting the audio file uh, ready to be saved, right? To, right. to right. sort of shove it into the vault until it needs to be posted and we realized we didn't really answer the last question properly so uh we'll read it again for <laughs> anybody who doesn't remember a week ago yeah. uh and i guess not for anybody who uh watches these back to back but i don't know what that type of person looks like and i'm not sure if they exist so uh our, we're gonna jump straight into it yeah uh sean rb perfect pattern uh, said you two should do discord so I can ask the same so I can ask same questions that you answered a million times and we yeah. ended up going off on a huge tangent and then like doing a movie review yeah um but we, you had some more thoughts I, I did so here's the thing I feel like the the implied part of this question so you two should do discard so I can ask some questions same questions that you answered a million times is that when you've got a repository of knowledge you've got a reference sort of source resource that it no longer requires any kind of interaction. And I think we make, consciously made a decision in the way we do these things with the Q and A's, for example, where the first one that we did low these many years ago was when we got our first, I, I think it was maybe like a thousand subscribers or something. Yeah. Or maybe and there's some significant there's a milestone, some, some, yeah, base 10 milestone. That's only significant because we live in a world where everything is base 10. Yeah. And that the conscious decision that we made when we did these videos was that we would do as much as we would as long as it was fun because it's not a career. Yeah. We don't make a lot of money on it. And typing stuff out, I, I actually, I'm a better sort of written word learner mm -hmm. than I am audio. Auditory? A auditory. Yeah. So as a repository of knowledge, as a, a resource, yeah, it makes a lot more sense if we type stuff out, mm -hmm. but it would have been a lot more work. It is not work that we would have done. Mm -hmm. And if somebody else wants to do it, that's great. I think somebody else has done it by doing the Injustice Wiki. Yeah. So I think this is our way of maybe sort of having a conversation in a dialogue but almost a one-sided one, but it, we're still responding to some of the questions and comments. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of information that if you just follow us for a while that you just pick up, not by osmosis, but just because it's something that we've, we've talked about. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there is an advantage of doing discord in that it's not sort of asynchronous because people, what, how it works right now is that people ask us comments and then we um, just sort of reply and then talk for as long as you want and then get off as, as off topic as we want right mm -hmm. and so i think there is something that would be kind of cool about being able to have that one-to-one -one direct fan interaction um but fan is a big word right you know right. community member i would right. i guess i would say because right. i don't i'm not sure how big a fan any individual person is of us um <laughs> it's true that might be a little bit presumptuous um but fan is a strong word but Discord is not my, like, preferred method of, no. like, getting that interaction with anybody, even yeah. just, like, you know, friends. Uh, so it would be hard. I If I had to pick a way of bringing somebody in on this, uh, I would almost rather have, like, 
set up like a guest star, like What's to come in, star? like on these episodes, like somebody to come oh. in and just like chat with us. That would um, be kind of cool. <laughs> we'd have to make it like the highest Patreon level. But that that, that would be something. really difficult. There would just be so much work because huge amount of logistics for the, work. Yeah, when it was that year that you were away at school, yeah, was difficult. We found a way around it. We were still able to use the videos, but it was actually. And we were both committed to it, right? Yeah. So when you have people, yeah, that would be that would be a bit of a nightmare. I mean, Discord is hard enough. Discord is definitely not my choice of social platforms. Yeah. I I really participate in only one Discord. It's invitation only, mm-hmm. and I just have no urge, and I have trouble keeping up with it. There's yeah. a couple of what do they call them? The little sections on the Discord. What oh are those? Oh my called? god! I I don't know if the, I don't think they're called threads. They're uh, channels, the channels. The, at, at most, I can follow maybe half the channels, and the other half I yeah. just completely ignore because once I feel like once I've lost the, the the thread of it, it's impossible to keep on going back enough to actually pick up on where the conversation started. Yeah, we we talked about this at length. Neither of our minds are finely tuned for Discord. Yeah, this is this would be a fun. This is a fun question. I'm sure the answer is nobody and not very much money. But if you're here right now, <laughs> this is Jeopardy. Um, yeah. Hello, Alex. What is? Uh, if you're here right now, if uh, we were to ever do guesting on an episode as a Patreon reward, uh, what would it be worth to you personally? And this is not you signing up for it. If we ever do it, we're not going to come back and say, "Well, you said you would. You have you have to." Yeah, pay it's for not an it. auction. Yeah. Um, but if Nothing you're binding. if you're in, if you would be interested in that, let us know in the comments and tell us what you think a fair price would be. And I'm like 99% sure we'd never do this. And if we did, yeah. I don't think I'd want to auction it off like this anyways. I think we no. just have to figure out what it would be. It's for more us. important. I think it's less important the value and it's more important that the person that's participating yeah. has something interesting to say. Yeah, um, Aliza, the person I give shoutouts to at the end of the video, has expressed interest in being guesting on this, and I just, I've never, it's hard for me to imagine an episode where we just hang out and talk about stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure she'd be entertaining and worth listening to in some format. I just have no clue if this is the space for that. I'd be willing to give it a shot. I, you know what? Me too. I'd be willing to. If you th- and all of all the different social platforms, the only one that I probably immerse myself in is, yeah. is Twitter. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I have this impression because all right, so I'm I'm at danger of doxing myself, but I think there's so many people that would fall into this category. Is that I've I follow maybe a couple hundred people. Yeah. I. And followed by people in low double digits. Yeah, you got less than a hundred followers. Oh, way less. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the interesting thing to me isn't that it's that if I were to express some politically unpopular opinion on Twitter, what I've seen a lot of sort of comebacks are well, yeah. you're just a bot. Yeah. Characterizing accounts that have the small number of followers that I have for whatever time period of the account is, right? Yeah. And what's interesting to <laughs> the, me is... Like, this looks like suspicious activity. A real yeah, this person... Looks, this looks like a bot. Yeah. Yeah, a real... Yeah. A real ha-ha. person wouldn't be like this. real person would have more followers. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the interesting to me, and it didn't occur to me until you were taking a look at my account, is that I have two followers of that really small number yeah. who have check marks. Yeah, they're verified. 
they're verified. So they're not only confirmed to be who they are, but they're people of some renown that there's value in Mm -hmm. verifying them. It's interesting because the dynamics of verification are weird, right? Because they, it was meant for one thing, right? Which is to be able to say, this is the real person, right? This is not somebody uh, impersonating them, right? Which makes sense to me, but what they've become is a really interesting blend of that, but then also status symbol. Yes. Right. Because, um, to be at that point, there sort of needs to be the implication that somebody might want to impersonate you. Right. Um, that it's important to be able to verify you as who you are. That, that you, it matters. That it matters. Yeah. That yeah. like, oh, when the name associated next to this, it's supposed to matter that this person is who they say right. they are. Right. Right? right. And that there's some weight behind the name. And so, you know, one thing that I know that makes it really easy to get a verified checkmark is if, if you're a reporter. Reporters can get verified checkmarks at very low, like engagement number of followers i know somebody um peripherally who's a reporter for the toronto star and i'm i don't know if she has like a really low number of followers i don't know it's probably you know she probably has a couple thousand so you know um, that's a lot compared to me (laughs) a lot compared to you right but she has she has a number that her her engagement on stuff like that uh very well might be less than what we have on youtube right Mm -hmm. Uh, but she's verified because she's a reporter. And that ma- it makes sense. That yeah. matters, right? Because if people are reporting information, it makes sense that there's some sort of, um, what's the word I'm t- looking for? Something for the source to, to yeah. legitimize. Credibility. Credibility, right, right. Yeah. right. So the, the source has some credibility and that checkmark gives it to them. But outside of that, it is a little bit of like a status symbol, like, oh, I'm popular. And so what's interesting is that like I you know, subconsciously buy into that. When I see somebody who's verified on a platform, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is somebody that the platform has put some like nominal amount of effort into officially acknowledging, right? They've had to have been vetted to some point. Right. Um, One of the funniest things I think anybody's ever done with a verified status, I've told you about this before, is Jabuki. Um, He was a Twitter guy. He's a comedian, I think. Uh Um, And he would change his profile picture to the actual <laughs> profile picture of another verified account and right. then change his name, not his at, right? Right. So uh, I think he... And if the name is long enough, you don't even see the at when you're looking at yeah. their um, And then he would pretend to tweet as them. <laughs> um, so what, the one... There's different ones that are different levels of appropriate or inappropriate, but there's one where he did the FBI, like official FBI account. Yeah. And then because uh, they had said something um, on like the anniversary of like Martin Luther King Jr.'s death or something like that. Right. 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 Or something. And so he tweeted just because we killed him. MLK doesn't mean we can't miss him too. <laughs> like a frowny face or something like that. And so, uh, I think he lost his verified check Mark cause because he did that one oh, too many times. Gosh. Um, like pretending to be like Trump and other stuff. That but, that's what I call good performance art. Oh, that's great. There's something really special about, uh, getting officially acknowledged by a platform and then using it to, uh, do the exact opposite of what the check mark is supposed right. to be for, and then right. like sort of actively antagonize the platform. Right. Um, but yeah, no. So it's it's interesting because you know you're followed by verified people, but like on a certain level, what does that mean? I I don't know. I, guess, I have no idea what it means. But it it strikes me though that it's it's it funny to cool. me. It does feel cool because I mean it, back in the Stone Age, mm-hmm. there would be no way 
To, and I will say that neither of my verified followers are reporters. There'd yeah. be no way to really interact with you. I remember back in the day with books, for example, yeah. I wouldn't even know when a writer was coming up with a new book. Mm-hmm. There was no way until, I guess, the book happened to show up at the library. Now, not only do you know what the publishing history is like, you know when their next book is coming or when their next book is submitted mm-hmm. and they're waiting for the line edits and the art for the book and all that stuff and the timeline for when it's going to be released and you're going to be able to interact with the writer you're going to be able yeah. to talk to them all this stuff like it's amazing art uh, all kinds of artists writers uh musicians mm-hmm. um actors yeah everybody it's ridiculous yeah uh this is a fun shout out bug hunter uh, love the guy, love his work. He is a really talented musician mm-hmm. and just a really cool dude. Uh, one of the only times I ever have actually used Discord for any significant length of time was uh, the Bug Hunter uh, Discord. And then there's like a second Discord of like um, people from the Bug Hunter Discord that I got invited to mm-hmm. that I'm in, uh, that I also use off and on. So like he, uh, because of him directly and indirectly is there's a huge amount of my, uh, discord usage. You should check him out by the way. Dear McCracken is, uh, probably oh, I love the easiest entry point, but yeah. he's the kind of guy, you know, like I listen to him, he'll come on shuffle and I go on a walk and he'll, um, you know, like I've, I've been to like his concerts and stuff before. Uh, but the, ridiculous thing is that like i have uh i've had consistent interaction with him for a while now yeah and we just hang out sometimes and talk i've right. played you know board right. games with the guy right. and it is just shocking to me that we have this access to each other and I, I think i talked about that a little bit the other time that i uh plugged bog hunter uh but it's just really shocking to me that I could, you know, regardless of how famous the person is, right. right, that I can be a fan of somebody's stuff, right, and then just like talk to them and just have right. a conversation, right, and you know, we we don't have, I think, as strong a power imbalance as that when we interact with each other now, right, um, of me, you know, sort of coming in starstruck, but the, every once in a while I still get this feeling like, oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's weird. I, I, because yeah, I'll yeah. I'll you know have talked with him. Yeah. Or I'll like get a message from him, and then like an hour later, like I'm playing music, and like his stuff comes on on shuffle. Right. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okay. I feel exactly like that when it comes to conventions. Yeah. And getting to meet some of these like these brilliant creative minds behind things, and having a chance to just. You know, even sit in on a conversation, which is what panels are like, but then sit in yeah. on a conversation at the noodle place across the street from the hotel mm-hmm. where, see, this is, all right, so this ties back into the last week's episode, which was our 10 minutes ago episode yeah. for us and how you were talking about going to the East Coast mm-hmm. and the World Fantasy Convention is coming November to Canada in Montreal. I had still have plans to attend but it's not looking good like the way the 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 whole pandemic right now is going you know two months ago before the delta variant really started dominating Mm -hmm. the sort of pandemic landscape yeah 
I was thinking, oh, by November, we'll be fine. And mm-hmm. it's looking like now, at least say with the United States, that they're talking about putting restrictions on that are planned for until January 2022. And so... It's it's having it's bad me, out there. Yeah, it's pretty bad out there. Like it's so. This is the one of the other things that we we done with our Patreon that we hadn't really publicized as much, but it's it's sort of weighing our mind a little bit because we we have to sort of consider our patrons a little bit while mm-hmm. we're sort of working around your hiatus, right? Yeah, and that um, we've kept. If you've been a, a one of our patrons. Even when you've had to bow out during the pandemic, we've just kept the credits in because we recognize that these are sort of ex- like incredibly weird circumstances. Yeah. And we still appreciate that you've given us any support in at the middle time. of this at, during, yeah, in the middle of this kind of hugely, um, I don't, it's not individually catastrophic, but it's just, such a tumultuous that's a good word tumultuous calamitous mm-hmm. time yeah and so we've done that and we our idea was that we would stop it when the pandemic was over and now like what does that if, even mean yeah exactly what does that even mean like it feels like it yeah. should have been over and i came close to thinking oh now is a good time when i was thinking yeah. oh yeah i'm gonna be in montreal in november and now it's maybe not necessarily so sure and at this point, it's been so long that I'm sure many of the people uh, who have stopped supporting us have had the opportunity to potentially <laughs> stop watching our videos, too. Right, right. I'm sure there are people who stopped supporting us because they couldn't uh, anymore financially. And I'm sure there are people who just, you know... Got tired of us? Yeah, come in and out as patrons do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody for... Uh, not continuing to like us i'm thankful for people who like us in the first place yeah right and the status of that changing to me feels you know about right um (laughs) right uh there's a lot of people that i you know people's content who i used to like and don't follow anymore right and i think you know i i don't feel anybody i don't think anybody owes us anything yeah but it's funny what you come back to because we used to watch Good Mythical Morning pretty yeah. consistently, and we fell away from that. Yeah. And now, um, your mom is listening to Ear Biscuits. Yeah, Rhett and Link's podcast. And I've listened to a couple of the episodes, and I think, wow, this is really kind of cool. And I'm coming back to it in a different way, because yeah. the really interesting ones are where they talk about their faith and mm-hmm. religion and what it's meant to them and how they got to where they are and why the cliche about yeah. the degenerates in California doesn't really apply and why it bugs them a little bit when people assume that that's why they are no longer the evangelical Christians that they used to be. There, there's some really fascinating people. Yes. I, I've always found them to be, you know, lighthearted, good fun. And they're the kind of people that when I see you, one thing that they have that's really interesting that I've seen a couple other places is they have a good mythical comb, uh, which is a musical comb that when you run your finger up and down it, yeah. it plays their theme song. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and they do that by, like, adjusting, like, the length of the tines right. um, for pitch, and then the number of tines back-to-back for, like, the length of the note. Right. And so you... Does you, the thickness make a difference? Is it just maybe, the Maybe, but I it... think they're all the same thickness. Okay. But so you run your finger down, and it goes boop, 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 or whatever, right? Right, right. Um... But yeah, no, so 
if there's anybody that we could stand to be a little bit more like, uh, it's probably them and then maybe the McElroy brothers, right? In terms of the type so of stuff that we're making high. sitting around. Like when you aim, you're aiming like sky oh, high. Well, we're never going to be nearly as good. That's another reason why I don't feel bad if people stop watching us is because the I look at the types of people that I spend my time listening to right. and then I look at us and I go, wow, anybody who's making the choice to listen to us instead of the other million things that are out there, I feel pretty good about that. A huge um, opportunity cost, right? Like even if it's free on YouTube, yeah. The fact that they're spending their time on... I, I'm so totally aware of how little time there is. If they spend their time on us, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, so... <laughs> that's not yeah. to say you should stop listening to us right now. Uh, but that is to say that if you are, thank you. Yeah, because we do have injustice questions coming up. Yeah, we haven't answered <laughs> a lot of questions. I was going to do an anecdote, but maybe we even just don't. Uh, so, anyways, our <laughs> first fresh question of this week comes from Evan Pratt. And they say, love you guys. You are awesome and appreciated. I haven't had a whole lot of questions because they are never original and you have so much content already, but I have a couple questions. First two are just about getting stuff. You always recommend max and crit augmentations. Is there a better way than grinding survivor and having your fingers crossed uh, that in the Joker ticket thing? So do you want to answer part by part? Yeah, that's... sure, sure. Because it's a bunch of parts. Yeah, uh, there isn't. That's the problem. That's why I think using the airplane mode slash refund glitch is probably the most useful thing. The, the cool thing is, I mean, when you're, when you're starting to play like early game, because it's easier to get, you're pushing for the chase gear in the gear set. So when I say chase, I mean the one that's the rarest and it's yeah. actually the best. So League of Assassins knives is the most rare one. And it's the best one. Yeah. Um, Fourth World uh, Godly Mace, also the best one and the rarest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, I think the Suicide Squad, they're all about as common. Yeah. And the Lexcore, um, I want to say the Gauntlets, I can't remember, but the Gauntlets are the ones that are the most useful if you're going to do a real sort of one hit KO, splash damage everybody yeah. else, uh, special one specialist like Luchador Bane or Batgirl. But so the point is, you're going to be spending a lot of tickets. There's a lot of yeah. stuff that you actually so, want from yeah. Survivor. So that's why you save up your tickets You when you want all of them. So early game, you're going to want those. So you'd be tempted to try to just get that and reset it if you get that. But remember... Keep in mind that the the crit augmentations are longer term the most valuable things. So if uh, you, some of the gear I think still might be better, just because you can use it on all your team instead of just one character for each thing. See, the best ones are the multiplayer ones. I mean, That's League of Assassin's Knives isn't. I don't think it's that necessary anymore. I don't think there's anything that will. It'll make it more fun for sure when you can splash everybody and everybody comes in with one health. But I think if you're gonna like. The problem is with the crit augmentations, it takes so many and it's only on one character. So you have to decide mm-hmm. already who you want it on. So you're going to want the uh, augmentations no matter what. The temptation is early on to just go for the gear. But as long as you don't fall into that trap and you're accumulating crit augmentations and maybe saving them as you play more and you get a better feel for who you like and who you want to play with, that's probably going to be the most important thing. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, the So the sort of direct, direct answer to the question is... You just have to have your fingers crossed and what you're looking for. You're always going to want those no matter what, but this is probably a time where uh, you have to sort of make a list of what you want from Survivor and then figure out, uh, you know, if you're willing to do the reset glitch, right? To re-roll your rewards, uh, how much 
of what you want you need to get before you keep it and don't reset. And the more you want, the easier it is, right? So as long as say in, in the five, let's say five tickets, you get at least one crit augmentation. I think it's worth keeping. Yeah. And if you're lucky, you might get a gear that you want to. And if it doesn't, you reset it. Five, five last lap tickets would be a really good run on Survivor. Yeah. Maybe if you're want to focus more on playing and less on resetting, you could do yeah. 10. Yeah. If you're banking them. Yeah, I, I think you have to get at least one crit augmentation. And if you're going to be really strict and make sure you get the most value, get at least one. Actually, get at least one legendary gear that you need mm-hmm. or one crit augmentation. And if you want to be really stingy with it, maybe two. Because some of them are yeah. going to be minor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there we go. Uh, so going back to the actual question itself, the second is trying to get the Dawn of Justice stuff. Is there any packs for power credits that have Dawn of Justice Batman and or the Lasso of Truth gear? Not for years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they will have anything coming up, but it hasn't been for years. It used to be Dawn of Justice gold pack where it was like the regular gold pack. It was maybe a little bit more. I think it was 125,000 credits instead of a hundred thousand credits. And you had a chance at, uh, all three Dawn of Justice characters, or maybe it was only Dawn of Justice Batman, but I remember that was the, at one point, that was the only way you could get Dawn of Justice Batman. And uh, potentially the gear that you got from it was um, the special, or no, there was there, there was a special gear pack that was the, the Dawn of Justice gear. So you could get the three, there's one for Wonder Woman, which is a lasso. There's Clark, Kent's glasses, and then there was Batman's cowl, which is his like third or fourth mm-hmm. signature gear. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. So short answer is no. Yeah. Uh, and then moving back to the question again, my last question has been danced around lots before. For a Red Sun team, I understand best in theory is Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, and Batman. Green Lantern is a tank. Wonder Woman is a special specialist, and I think Batman should be a secondary special specialist. Uh, on but how would they be geared i'm thinking basically copying your luchador bane and batgirl team where in this case wonder woman has tantu adapt knives and cloak but she doesn't have anything stunned so i think it should be changed batman would have potentially master's death cart claw of horus and necron scythe thoughts and then sorry for the long comment you guys are great so first off don't apologize for the long comment yeah uh it was good we always appreciate questions we appreciate comments i think we've been talking about that a little more recently we appreciate you guys so don't don't worry you never have to apologize but we appreciate all the kind words. Yeah. You're very uh, nice about this. And it's always mm-hmm. nice to hear. It's one of those things, you know, uh, yeah. that always makes us feel a little yeah. good. So maybe uh, if we get the easy part out of the way, the easy part is the main benefit of a Red Sun team is defensive. If you're talking Red Sun Green Lantern. Yeah. Eliminating not only stun, which means you're taking away the power of Cloak and Necron Scythe, but you're removing crit damage which is removing the power of the flashpoint team you all of a sudden have a team that's way hardier and tougher against any team you're going to face so that's the main benefit the problem is so what do you do with the team and i think the temptation is to use a character on the red sun team based on the group passive that they contribute and that may not necessarily be the right thing Mm-hmm. That I guess that's one principle. But the other principle I want to mention, because I, I know I'm going to forget it, is that I, I sort of half forgot it already, is that... Um, oh, I'm totally drawing a blank. 
<laughs> I, said not, I wish I knew where you were going. Um, so let me start by talking about that first point, though. So Greenlander's passive is defensive, so temptation to use him as a tank. However, he's got a really good rhythm to his swipe combo, so it wouldn't be awful to use him as a basic damage dealer. Yeah. The same, I mean, Batman too, right? Ba- Batman's a pretty good basic damage dealer, so it's because of the rhythm of his swipes, but because his passive lets you get unblockable special ones, that it's you want to make him a special specialist. But everybody gets uh, the chance at unblockable special ones, right? Yeah. I think. So, oh, the point I was going to make was that the amount of damage you get from a special one is often more than doubled by the amount of damage you can get to special two. So if you're going to have a special specialist, unless there's a really good reason, like with Batgirl, who stuns at the beginning of her special, special two is better than special one. Yeah, especially if you have Tantu Totem. And Master's Death Guard. Yeah. If anything, I'd rather stack them both on one character. Mm-hmm. And the question then becomes, who do you put it on? So um, Wonder Woman's passive is boosting power. So the temptation is to use her as special specialist. And, and she's good because you can chain her special one to a swipe uh, swipe heavy combo, right? So mm-hmm. you swipe, swipe, swipe. While they're in the air falling back, you do special one. It can land unblocked. Yeah. Which is great. Except, like we're saying, maybe you don't want to be focusing on special ones because you can get more than double the damage doing a special two if you could just give her two bars when she tags in. Yeah. Um, so when you've got a really good special specialist, I think, it, it, it's never bad to have one tank. Mm-hmm. Only because whenever you need to swap your special specialist out to recharge them because you didn't knock the opponent out. Mm-hmm. You want them to survive. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of the overarching principles in terms of like how you should gear them. Really, I mean, Tantu Totem and Master's Death Cart is on anybody uh, who you want to be your, your primary special specialist. Yeah. And then the third gear is based off of specifically how you're going to be using them, I think. Mm. You have a little bit of flexibility. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can just copy and paste gears from from different teams. But I think part of the problem is that we, it's, it's very easy to say that this is the best way to gear them too. But I know that we play differently than other people do. So it's hard to give gear recommendations for a specific person because it matter. It does matter a lot how you play. And if you've put the time and effort into getting your gears up, there's a good chance that you have a better sense of how you play and what works for you than we do. And a lot of times you, when if we are too, you know, distanced from it, when we say uh, the information that we can give you is the gear that we would play them with, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and why we think it's probably the best for us. But a lot of times we don't know. And we can be a little bit stuck in our own play styles, but also in our own ruts of what we're used to putting on oh, a yeah, gear. For sure. Uh, and so we aren't necessarily going to give you the best gear advice either. So most of the time, the way that you, the really the only way that you can figure out um, what the best gear is for a team is to play them, play with the right, gear, right. and then swap out all the gear that you're not sure of uh, and see what feels the best to you. Yeah. Uh, and so, there, you know, we, we've fallen into our patterns, right, where we pretty much, we don't need to do that anymore. Right. And the reason we don't is because we know in the situation, or we think we know in the situation, uh, what that answer is going to yeah. be once we start playing around with it. But we actually, because we don't do that testing anymore, it's entirely possible that we're wrong sometimes, actually. And 
and some of it too is even when we started doing something, we've changed. Like with Flashpoint Batman now, we switched to a team for our Phantom Zone. Yeah. Where he will, instead of having Wonder Woman steal health using Lex Core Chestplate, I think, which is stealing a special two, we're stealing it with his basic damage and his combo ender. Mm-hmm. And it's faster. Like once we started doing that, the, the, the Phantom Zone, we were doing like sub, we've done sub 10 minute yeah. Phantom Zone crystal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to offer an, one unorthodox thought, which is not what you asked, but what I think might actually do more. So the idea of Wonder Woman, Red Sun Wonder Woman is she gives power to all the Red Sun teammates and she gets the benefit of the passives. However, here's a thought. New 52 Wonder Woman is dead. If you make her your special specialist, she's got enough power to knock out a lot of people to start when she tags hmm. in first. Now she's vulnerable, but here's the thing. Her other two teammates won't be because they'll both be Red Sun and get the benefit of Green Lantern. You lose Red Sun Wonder Woman's power gen increase, but you gain New 52 Wonder Woman's power gen sort of sharing return to her, her teammates. And the benefit that you can get from doing a couple special twos with her is probably as much as you would get in a fight, unless it ends up being a really long drawn out fight of the boosted power gen that Wonder Woman, Red Sun Wonder Woman would give you. Okay. And so you could actually have an even better um, overall team because now everybody's doing specials and you could generate a huge amount of power. And what you give up is that you make your special specialist Wonder Woman a little bit more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about getting an unblocked special anyways because when you tag in the first one, as long as they don't have a power dampener, you're getting a special two unblocked because of Master's Death Cut when you tag in. So there we go. That yeah. that is interesting. The the one sort of disadvantage of that potentially is that uh Red Sun Wonder Woman uh you're only going to be using on a Red Sun team whereas right. if you you're in your team suggestion, right? New 51 Wonder Woman works yeah, yeah, almost everywhere. So that that only works if a you have New 52 Wonder Woman and b you're not already using her regularly on a team. Uh in I guess that only matters if you're actually using her enough that you're u- using all the energy on one team and then swapping right. to another team. Right. So if your if your other active team doesn't have new fifty two Wonder Woman and right. you have her in your roster, then there's yeah. not really a cost, right? Yeah. 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 But anyways, not as many questions as I thought we were going to answer this week either. So uh, maybe we have a chance of making yeah. sure that uh, people don't miss you as much when you're on your road trip. It'll be like I never left. Yeah, so we can probably uh, start to wrap up now. So first off, I'd like to give a shout out to Eliza. Watch the movie Blade. Katen, she wants me to watch the movie Blade. This shout out was brought to you by the first theatrically released black-led superhero movie. Wesley Snipes. Uh, yeah, so apparently she didn't think Blade was that great. Yeah. Um, You know, it was a mix, right? Like it was a little cheesy. It was sort of whatever, but that she thought it was underappreciated in that for, for all of what it was weird and maybe didn't age the best and wasn't, you know, the pinnacle of cinema that she thought it did enough stuff that was kind of unexpected to make it worth a watch and kind of cool. And it's pretty timely because now we're going to be celebrating the first theatrically released Asian lead superhero movie. Yeah. Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. With our own Simu Liu. 
from Kim's Convenience. Yeah. That good Kim's old Convenience Canadian boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love to see it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and we also would like to give a huge thank you to all the lovely folks who support us on Patreon. And that would be Victor Gomez, Consul Peasant, and Ed Woon, who are supporting us at the highest tier, Last Word, Cinemac and Mohammed Al-Shady at the Your Message Here tier, mm-hmm. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mall, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., Irving Ruiz, and Eddie Dew at the credited level, and Chris Wolf, Scarlett Danny, Awesome Gamer 2 for 1, Pavu RS, Gavin Malott, and Isfra E at the Gratitude level. There we go. And I do want to say, I really should just put that in our notes so I don't have just two in a row where I get the ands in the right places when I'm talking about our patrons. Yeah. There you go. Thank you so much for your support. And thanks so much to all of you for watching. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.